No, 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 no. T I G E R S. Fight, 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 fight. Mike, it's not even a top a thousand moment all time. Okay, Tommy, shut the hell up, man. Mike. Oh, of course, he... I'm gonna go with the right answer. It's Ryan Eads of the Baltimore Orioles. He only he's only wore the number eighty for uh, eight games. He's only one of two players. You know what? No, no, I'm not gonna take this. Welcome back to Go Chat, and as you can see, again, it's not all four of us, but we do have a different third here today. Tommy is back with us. I know that this is a one-time thing. We had a little bit of time to squeeze it in before he has to go and run off to another game that he's doing. Tommy, how are you? I'm great. It's great to be back. You guys have been doing awesome stuff. I've been trying to follow as much as I can, but I'm happy to be back. We're going to talk about everything that you've been doing this summer in just a little bit, but as you know and as our viewers know, we always start our episodes with Go to the Number. This is episode number 94. We're getting closer and closer to that episode 100 where we will all be back in person in Ithaca for that 100th episode, which will be amazing. But, Mike, episode 94 right now, I'm going to swing it to you. Who's your Go to the Number? Man, th this is honestly a tough one for me because one of my favorite players of all time was the number 94, and I think I'm going to go with him. I'm going to go with DeMarcus Ware. <laughs> Uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the Denver Broncos, nine-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro. <clears throat> uh, he won a Super Bowl with the Broncos, you know, that uh, dominant defense. He was one of the, the core leaders there um, where they led like 50-year-old Peyton Manning to the Super Bowl, and uh, <laughs> they were able to grab one there. He's also a member of the Hall of Fame 2000s team, so he's a, a surefire Hall of Famer. Um, but DeMarcus Ware, one of the best edge rushers of the 2000s, registering uh, a 20-sack season in 2008 and a 19-and-a-half-sack season in 2011. 138-and-a-half um, sacks total throughout his career. Absolutely phenomenal. And I, and I know what you guys are going to pick, and that's another um, great pick. But for me, one of the, uh, my favorite players of all time, and he definitely stacks up to the guy that you guys are going to pick. Tommy, I'm throwing it to you. First go to the number back in quite some time. I know. This is exciting. And I wish I had a baseball player to go with, but nobody today. We're going to go with Charles Haley, um, Hall of Famer, five-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. Um, we all know I'm not the biggest football guy. Never heard of Charles prior to today, but the stats are fantastic. So got to go with him today. All right. Well, I'm going to agree with – with Tom here, go Charles Haley. You know, he's a Hall of Famer, five-time Pro Bowler, five-time Super Bowl champ. You know, he was on drafted by the San Francisco 49ers in 86, and he was with them until 91. I mean, we know the San Francisco 49ers in those 80s and early 90s were absolutely insane with, with Joe Montana and Steve Young, both manning the quarterback position there. Then he went to Dallas, which was, again, another dynasty in the NFL at that point with Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith. Uh, Michael Urban. So, I mean, he was a part of two of the best NFL teams that we've ever seen. Um, you know, hundred and a half career sacks, but definitely Charles Haley is the go to the number 94 here. Tommy, I don't know if you, if you caught up, but episode number 91, I think it might've been the first episode that we had without you. Yeah. Uh, my honorable mention for that, for that uh, go to the number was Thero Estrada. Oh, that's awesome. God, I love Tyro. He's great. And Alfredo is Cephas. You can't forget him either. I did. I forgot about Alfredo. God, what a legend. The left, the lefty from the Yankees. Of course. But then you got Dennis Rodman too. So that's a good pick. But 
Yeah. Well, I think that is going to wrap up a rather short go to the number second. We have Tommy back. So you know what we're talking about today. We have a huge second half baseball preview coming up right after this. <laughs> Welcome back to Go Chat. And as I mentioned, we are going to be talking about a second half baseball preview, you know, updated World Series predictions, who we think could be dealt at the trade deadline. But first, while we have Tommy here, I think it's really nice if we can just talk to him for a couple minutes about what he's been doing this summer in Cape Cod. As you guys know, he is an intern with um, Ash, Tommy. I'm, I'm forgetting the team. Yeah, with the Falmouth Commodores. The Commodores. And, you know, he's doing a lot of journalistic writing for them and all that stuff. So, Tommy, just kind of tell us what you've been doing this last month. Yeah, so I'm essentially their beat writer. So I write articles on every game. Uh, do some feature stories and we had a couple of players get drafted. So did some stories on them, which was really cool. And uh, it's just really cool to be able to follow a team every day. Um, and it's been awesome. Good experience, loving it so far. And the talent's amazing. I know I was telling you guys beforehand, um, we have some great players and um, I know we saw a guy that's projected to be a top 10 pick next year. So it's really cool to see these guys, um, you know, it's going to be cool to see where they go, especially four or five years down the road. But um, it's been an awesome experience. Everyone who's watched Go Chat knows just how big of a baseball guy you are. And, you know, over the last month, you're following a team every day. What's been like your most like like your favorite memory of what's happened so far? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know if there's one thing in particular. Um We've had some good moments, though, as a team. We've had some big wins. There was a time, I think we set the record for the most home runs by a team in a game, um, at least in the past, in recent memory. We hit, like, six home runs. Um, and the game was shortened due to darkness because, like, they uh, they didn't have lights at this one field. So that was even something, too. We set the record in a shortened game. But um, there's been a lot of cool moments. Um. I, I saw you sent in our group chat the other day that you met Bob Mennery. I Obviously, did. He is, a, he is a huge sports comedian type guy. He's yeah. He's the voiceover for the Buffalo Wild Wing commercials. I mean, did you really get a chance to talk with him or anything? I didn't talk to him too much. I got a picture with him, but it was crazy because we got to the game and he was just sitting there in the bleachers like when nobody was there. And uh, somebody said, that's Bob Menry. And it, I didn't even think it looked like him at first, but it was. And I went up and took a picture with him and he was super nice. And uh, that was super cool. Peter Gammons was at our first game too. Um, I didn't get a chance to meet him, but it's been cool to see all those people. What do you hope, my last question for you, and then we can really yeah. get into our topic, but what do you hope to take away from this internship? I mean, we're all juniors at Ithaca College, sports media majors. What do you hope to take away from this towards your last two years of school and then the rest of your career? Yeah, I mean, just improve my writing skills. And um, that's like the big goal. Interviews as well. I do like two, three interviews every day, which is something new. Not used to doing that as much, but um, that's been great. And, you know, just improve because I'd love to be a beat writer for a major league team someday. So um, I think it's a great experience to cover a team uh, who's playing at a pretty high level. So it's pretty cool. One final question. If Houston Astros offer you a job as a beat writer, are you taking that job? Of course. I got to be out there with Jake Asman, our buddy. friend. <laughs> yeah, of course I would go out there. We can hop into our topic now. As we said, this is the second half baseball preview. All-star festivities happen in the beginning of 
last week. Obviously, we're recording this a little earlier than normal so that we could have Tommy on. But you guys are going to be watching this on Monday. So the All-Star Home Run Derby uh, was just about a week ago. Um, now we're really back in the swing of things, second half of the year. We're going to we're gonna jump open. Um, there have been a lot of teams that had really hot starts in the first half. And I want to get you guys' opinions on if they can keep it going. The first team I'm going to start with, I think, is undoubtedly the Boston Red Sox. You know, they came out of the gate and they, they had a cold start to start the season. And then they were on fire. They are ahead by a game and a half in the AL East right now over Tampa Bay. Then Toronto is all the way back at eight games, tied with the Yankees in third and fourth. So, Tommy, I'm going to start with you while we got you here. Is yeah. Boston for real? They are for real. And I'll admit, I think I said on this show even that I didn't think they were at the beginning of the season. And, I mean, you take a look at where this team was in 2019, missing the playoffs after winning the World Series. 2020, they come out, have one of the – I think they had the worst record in the AL. And they bring back Alex Cora. I think it's a testament to how good of a manager he really is. And, you know, I think that the past two years were kind of a fluke, especially last year, the shortened season. Because you take a look at what J.D. Martinez is doing, Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, all these all-stars, Nathan Avaldi had a big uh, first half for them. So I think that, I mean, and you think these are guys that were there in 2018. I just think that they had down years and, you know, it, it shouldn't be a surprise. I felt like those players were declining, but it's clear that they're back and um, Alex Cora has really done a great job. So they are for real. Mike, do you think Boston has what it takes to be a playoff team when it, we get into October? Yeah, it's honestly kind of surprising how they've really been able to turn around. Obviously, Alex Gore has come in and made uh, a major impact on the team, right? But I think it's more of players just bouncing back. Uh, Rafael Devers had a miserable season last year. Same with J.D. Martinez. Zeno Bogarts was kind of down. And also their pitching was way worse than it is this year. Sorry. Um. But uh, I think the combination of them having um, one of the best offenses in the whole league and uh, the th- specifically the third best offense and their pitching being up to par and their pitching still isn't phenomenal, but they just called up uh, J- Jaron Duran, right? Um, yep. That's going to help them out. And uh, they got Chris Sale coming back too. So, you know – Maybe, maybe they could be a World Series team. Who knows? I, I don't know if their pitching is good enough, but the Red Sox are definitely for real, in my opinion. I won't go as far as saying they're a World Series team. You know, at the, when we get to the end of the season, I don't think they're going to win the American League East. I still think that belongs to the Tampa Bay Rays, even though they're only a game and a half back, and Tampa Bay is still a very good team. But you're absolutely right that Boston, they still have more room to grow. You know, Chris Sale hasn't pitched at all this year. And you have players like Nathan Avaldi stepping up and becoming all-stars for the American League. And Chris Sale uh, is having his first rehab assignment this tonight, this Thursday. And then once he actually gets back in Boston, once he's back to 100%, I mean, that's your ace right there. And once you have your ace back in that rotation, I mean, things are going to keep looking up. So, I mean, I'm not going to go as far as saying that Boston is for real and they're a World Series t- contender because I don't see him wearing the American League East. But I think they get into that wild card game in the postseason. I think that's for sure. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. But, um, you know, as I don't know. It's tough because as a Yankees fan, we can talk about this later. You think about the Rays, the Blue Jays even. I feel in the Red Sox, I don't know. I mean, 
that's going to be tough for the Yankees because I think they're all legitimate contenders for the postseason. And of course, I think the Yankees could be too, but it's a really good division. And I know we're going to talk about the whole league, but that might be the best division in baseball. When going into the year, we thought it was going to be um, really the NL East. And then, you know, it's been a big surprise out there in the NL West as well. But um, yeah, I mean, that's why you love baseball because you never know what's going to happen. And all these teams are competitive right now. Tommy mentioned the, uh, the NL West, the very hotly conti- or contested division going into the all-star break. For the surprise leader, the San Francisco Giants went into the all-star break leading that division with a record of 57 and 32. So another question, is the San Francisco Giants for real? Mike, I'll start with you. God, I mean, I think the Giants have been one of the, the most surprising teams in all of baseball. Um, their, their pitching has f- been phenomenal. Uh, second best ERA across the majors. And I mean, Kevin Gaussman, he's in the running for the sign. Obviously, Jacob deGrom is running away with it right now. But if he falls off and becomes human in the second half, Kevin Gaussman is definitely in that race, uh, along with deGrom and others. But um, their offense has been top 10 in the league. Brandon Crawford having a, a great season. Buster Posey, you know, re- revitalized himself after a, a couple down years. And Mike Talkman coming in from the Yankees, robbing home runs, hitting dingers. I mean, he's, he's honestly made a, a decent impact down in San Francisco. And um, I, I don't think that they're better than the Padres or the Dodgers or, or the Mets. Um, I think I think they're in the conversation with like the Brewers. I, I do think they are better than what we thought they are, but I, I don't think that they're any any sort of World Series contender. So I mean, unless they make some moves at the deadline, um, they're they're definitely a good team, but I wouldn't necessarily call them uh, for real or frauds. Tommy, yeah, that's a tough one. I still think that the Dodgers or Padres will win that division personally because I think they're two of the best teams in that league for sure. But um, I don't know. I take a look at the team and they've been outstanding, right? Buster Posey, but it is an older team. You have Brandon Crawford, who's been in the league for a while. Of course, Buster Posey. Um, Brandon Belt's been there for a long time, went to the World Series with them back in 14, I believe. Um, Evan Longoria getting towards the end of his career. Wilmer Flores has been around for a while. So I think that like the veteran, yeah, I know former Met right there, but I think that, um, you know, the older players, I think that they're definitely helping. Um, You know, it's good to have veterans in that locker room, but I still think that the Dodgers or Padres will finish on top. I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants, I think they will make the postseason. I think they'll squeak into a wild card spot, but um but I mean, there's no denying how great they've been. The run differential is plus 116 right now. So they've been amazing and um, definitely want to give credit to them. But I feel like it's going to be one of those two other teams. Yeah, you know, I, I think the Giants are playing unbelievable baseball. And I remember back when we were 10, 11, 12 years old, it was like they were in the, they were in the World Series every other year. Yeah. And, you know, th- those teams, they really didn't have those superstars like a lot of these teams now, you know, I mean, they had the Panda and Pablo Sandoval, but he's still around there. He's still hitting a couple pinch hit home runs there for the Braves when they need them. But, you know, I, a name that was mentioned, and I think he's really flown under the radar is 
Brandon Crawford, you know, his best year in the MLB was probably 2015 when he finished with 21 home runs, 84 RBIs, and a 256 average. At the All-Star break, he already has 18 home runs. He's hitting 289 with 58 RBIs. You know, I mean, he's completely flown on the radar and really been a huge piece for the San Francisco Giants team. Mike said Buster Posey really just respawned himself into a better version of himself, and he's really uh, playing up to where he used to play at, you know, Evan Longoria another older player playing good baseball. You know, I think Tommy put it perfectly that these veterans really are stepping up and being good role models and playing good baseball for the younger guys in, in the locker room. And Kevin Gosman's pitching, pitching lights out, really. I mean, it, it's very shocking to see how good this San Francisco Giants team really is. I mean, Buster Posey has been far and away their best batter. He's batting nearly 330 with a 968 OPS and an OPS plus of 165. And he, he still has really good defense um, behind the plate. Not, not necessarily what it once was, right? He's more of an average defender, but he, his framing is still there. And he's just still one of the best catchers in the league at 34 years old. You really don't um, see anything like this. And um, it's going to be exciting to see how the rest of his uh, career pans out. I think one, one more team that I want to touch on being a real or fraud here is a team that's really been led, led by pitching most of the year. You know, their bats haven't been going there. Their star really struggled throughout this first entire half of the year, and that's the Milwaukee Brewers. You know, Corbin Burns really showed up, Freddie Peralta, uh, Brandon Woodruff. You have your guys in, in the bullpen like uh, Devin Williams and Josh Hader. Um you know, they're 53 and 39 leading the NL Central right now at the All-Star break. Do we do we think that their pitching can lead them all the way to the postseason, Tommy? It's a good question, Connor. I don't. I still think that you're going to see um, the Cubs or the Cardinals up there. Uh, but, I mean, I Christian Yelich is a guy that can turn around at any point, right? And he's hitting 241 at the moment, which certainly is not what he's accustomed to one MVP. Um, a couple years ago, and I think that he will turn it around. I think, obviously, he knows what he has to do to be better, and um, I think that they will be fine. I think they're going to be competitive. I could see them in a wild card spot, certainly, but um, I don't think that they're going to win the division, but we'll see. I mean, I want to give credit to the pitching, though, of course. Like you said, they've really led them to this point, uh, but I think they have a lot of good hitters in that lineup. To Willie Adamas, I think, was a big addition as well um, back in May or June. I think it was around Memorial Day, maybe. And, uh, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr., another good defender they have out there, Colton Wong. Uh, Vogelbeck is there, who's a big bat as well. So, you know, I, I do like this team, but I don't know. I still see somebody else coming out of that division. Mike, how far can pitching get the Brewers? I, I think they're going to win this division. Um, I Coming into this year, I thought – the Cardinals were definitely the best team in this division. Um, but I was wrong. I was wrong because the Cardinals, they, they still can't hit with the addition of Aaron Arnold. They still got Goldschmidt there. They're bottom five in the league and in, in run scored. And I don't know why. I, I really don't know why. Is there something in Bush Stadium? Who knows, right? But th their pitching is just average 16th in the, in the league in ERA. And I don't, I don't really see, I mean, maybe they could be an average hitting team moving forward, right? But 
I don't I don't think it's gonna be really tough to beat the Brewers in that in that pitching staff. And and, and with the Cubs, they're in sell mode right now. All the reports are coming out. They want to trade Chris Bryant. They want to trade um, Kyle Hendricks and Javi Baez and get get all these guys and, and start a rebuild mode. Which you know maybe is not necessarily the best move in my opinion because you still have a lot of great pieces there, right? But that's what the Cubs are doing. I I don't see anyone else but the Brewers winning this division. Yeah, you know, um, you mentioned the St. Louis Cardinals that you thought they would open up as the best team in this division. I still think it's the Cincinnati Reds. You know, I, I think that the bats of Jesse Winker and Nicholas Castellanos and um, Moustakis, Moustakis is still on the Reds, right? Yeah, he's still their second baseman. And I know um, Suarez is hurt currently, I believe. But I, I, I think that they can really get you far. You know, Nick Castellanos is hitting 331 at the All-Star break. Winker's got 19 home runs. So, I mean – Pitching can definitely get you far, as we've seen through Milwaukee through this first half of the year, but I just think that the bats are really going to become explosive here in the month of August. You know, we could say the same for for the Yankees. You know, their bats are always hotter in the summer months. You know, that ball is going to fly at a Yankee stadium. I think Cincinnati's bats get hot here in the the rest of this summer, uh, leading into September, and I think that's going to put them over in the Central. Um, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think you're right about that. And uh, yeah, I, I forgot about the Cubs falling off a little bit there, but um, no, I did see that, that they might make some trades. I even saw potentially Craig Kimbrell going back to Boston, which I mean, that would be unbelievable, right? As good as they are, but. You know, we're, we're talking about trades now. Why don't we, why don't we each throw out a player or two that we think we could see dealt before the July 31st trade deadline here in the MLB? Mike, I'll swing it to you. I think there's two players that I uh, I, I really want to point out. I think I'm, I think they're pretty much goners. If I'm if I'm being honest, um, Joey Gallo of the Texas Rangers, and like I just mentioned, uh, Chris Bryant. Um, I know Chris Bryant is on an expiring contract. I'm not sure about Joey Gallo. Um, I'm not sure, but I know that the Rangers can get a massive haul for him. I know the Yankees are super interested. He'd but he'd be. Um, their best bat this year. He will lead them in WRC plus um, home runs, RBIs, you know, pretty much any statistical hitting stat you can think of, right. He'll be uh, leading the Yankees in that. Plus that lefty bat in Yankee stadium, especially someone who hits the ball as hard as Joey Gallo does. That'd be something uh, to dream of. And uh, also his defense is phenomenal. Still an elite defender. He could play so many, he could play every outfield position. He could play first base. He could play third base. Um, so I think Joey Gallo is definitely um, a player that's going to be traded. And Chris Bryant, he really started off hot. He got hurt and he's not playing as well anymore, but he's still one of the better third basemen in the year. And uh, like I said before, the Cubs are looking to trade him. And I think uh, there's a lot of potential landing spots for him. Tommy, who are your two players who you think could get moved? Yeah, I think that I would go with the same as Mike. I think that Joey Gallo, if I had to pick one, would be uh, the guy. I think that he will be traded, and um, I checked it out. He's a free agent in 2023, so there are a couple years left on the deal, but I think you said it, Mike. I mean, his swing would be perfect in Yankee Stadium. You take a look at what he's done this year, 24 homers, uh, 52 RBIs. He's stolen six bases as well. Um, but I think he would be great. And 
considering what's happened with the outfielders this year with the Yankees, um, you know, Clint Frazier out right now is vertigo. Uh, and Brett Gardner, he's definitely aging. So, um, and, you know, Giancarlo Stanton, obviously, signed to that big deal, doesn't play the outfield. And Aaron Hicks out for, you know, likely the year. They said there's a chance that he comes back for the postseason, but he's done for the year. Um, and I think that'd be perfect for outfield depth. Like you said, great defender, won a gold glove a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, I think, and you take a look at the lineup as a whole, in terms of lefties, you have Brett Gardner and Rugnet Odor, and that's it right now in the active roster, which, you know, is absurd to me. So I think that he would be perfect. I think, you know, if you're Brian Cashman, you have to make this move. But um, one guy I do want to talk about, though, who's not a trade, a trade that already happened. I know you guys talked about already, so I'll keep it brief. But Tim LaCastro, also an outfielder for the Yankees, Ithaca alum, uh, loved that move. I thought that was great for the Yankees. So, uh, But I think that Joey Gallo would be perfect for the Yankees. Yeah, you know, I'm going to reiterate, you know, I also think Joey Gallo is pretty much a goner from Texas. Uh, you guys mentioned all the stats. I Look. The Yankees are the really, and I may be sounding a little biased here, but they're the team that needs to make this move. You know, you can't have Rugnit Odor being your lefty bat in, in Yankee Stadium with a short porch in right field. He's hitting under 200 or just around 200. You know, when he can't, when he makes contact with the ball, it flies, sure. But but we can't we can't trust that. He can't be our only lefty bat. You know, you think back to 2009, 2010, when the Yankees were still at that elite level, you know, you had Robinson Cano. You had Mark Deshera, who was a switch hitter. You had Hideki Matsui, who hit from the left side of the, the plate. You know, I mean, you had these lefty bats that could put the ball out in that short porch in right field. A move has to be made there by the Yankees. Another player that I'm going to talk about, and I think this is simply because the team as a whole has been struggling through the All-Star break, and that's the Minnesota Twins. They're sitting at 39 and 50 right now. I think we could see Nelson Cruz get moved. You know, he's an older an older guy, but he's he's playing really good baseball. You know, he's 304. Batting average, 18 home runs, 46 RBIs, 41 runs scored with a 381 OBP. You know, I mean, he's an older guy. He's been in the league a really long time, but with the the Twins struggling the way they are, I don't think they're an all-star or a, a postseason team. So I think we could see someone like Nelson Cruz or even potentially Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson may be on the lower side than Nelson Cruz, but I think we could definitely see one of them getting moved to try for them just to – to get some of their prospects back and get ready for, for next year when they're back at hundred percent full strength. Yeah. Connor, you, you hit the nail on the head right there. I think um, especially Josh Donaldson, for some reason, it seems like the twins are very eager to get rid of him. Same with uh, Jose Barrios. Um, I forgot he's going to be a free agent in uh, 2023, but um, he's been pitching well this season. And for some reason, the twins have just been, a major disappointment, even with immense talent on their roster. I think the, the Twins are going to be sellers at this deadline. And I think you could definitely see Josh Donaldson and uh, Jose Barrios. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe a package to the Mets, you know. Who knows? We, we'll see. We got to see. Yeah, no, for sure. All right. Uh, we're halfway through the year. I feel like it's time. Some of our World Series predictions may not have lived up to the hype that we made at the beginning of the regular season. You know, Tommy and I both said it was the Yankees season to lose. Seems like they're losing a lot. So so I think we got to update these World Series predictions here. Uh, Mike, I'm going to throw it to you first. Who, who do you have in the World Series? Who do you have taking it home? 
Oh gosh, you know it, it, this is a really tough um, decision because there there are um, a lot of teams in the running. I think out of the AL, I'm gonna take the Chicago White Sox. They've been playing really well on uh, both sides of the ball, on um, defense and offense. Um, top five scoring team in the league. I think they have the, the eighth best ERA in the league. So they've really been killing it, even with um, a manager pretty much um, three feet under at this point. <laughs> but uh, I, I think the Chicago White Sox are the team to beat in the AL, and I think they'll make the World Series after a disappointing playoff run last year. And the NL, man, it, it's really tough because I think you're going to see a lot of moving pieces. I think the Mets are definitely in that conversation concerning what they've been able to do with such little on their roster, such little healthy pieces. The bench mob has uh, been huge for them, right? But they're starting pitching depth. Depth is depleted. Syndergaard and Carrasco still, they're, they're, they keep having setbacks, and hopefully Carrasco will be back by uh, August, and Syndergaard will be back by the end of the season. But I think the Mets are a team to keep an eye out for. On the, the, with the Dodgers, we have no clue what's going to happen with Trevor Bauer. You know, he was pitching well, but with um, the situation he's in, I don't think he's a guarantee that he's going to pitch again this year. And so I, I think the safest team for me is to decide between the Mets and the Padres, and I'll take the Padres. Um, just I, I know they've been super consistent throughout the year, and although the Mets have had a, a slew of injuries, who knows if the, the bats need to wake up, you know, Lindor has been playing better. They got Pete back. They got a lot of players back, but they, they got to start hitting. And I just trust the Padres more at this point in time. So I got Padres, White Sox, World Series, White Sox, World Series champions. Tommy. Yeah, this is tough. I think that I'm going to agree with Mike for the most part. I think that we're going to have the White Sox come out of the AL as much as it pains me to say, I think I wouldn't be, well, actually I would be surprised, but, I think that the Yankees certainly can come out of there, but I'm going to have to change that to the White Sox as of now. And he's got to make the playoffs first. I know that's going to be the tough one, but um, I don't know. I mean, I do agree. I think that the Padres could be the team to come out of the NL, but I still got to go with the Dodgers. I think that the Mets um, are a great team. I certainly think that they have a chance as well, but I don't know. I don't think that, the pitching depth, like you said, is going to be quite enough going into the postseason. The Dodgers run differential right now is 142, which I believe that's the best in the NL. Mets are plus nine at the moment. So the Dodgers are still really dominant, even though they're in second place. So I got to go with them as of now. But I, I think you made some really good points. I think the Padres, with the talent they have, certainly could get there as well. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you guys coming out of the AL with the Chicago White Sox. we got to remember, Eloy Jimenez, Eloy Jimenez still hasn't played yet this year. You know, you're adding another guy out there in the outfield, another big bat in your lineup. You know, he may, he may not be the best defender, all truth told. You know, I mean, anyone who can remember that, uh, that Christian Yelich inside the park home run when Eloy just kind of tumbled there in left field and just let the ball roll past him. But it's a very good bat in that lineup, another great uh, player to have on your offensive side of the ball in the national league you know i'm i'm gonna have to go with the padres here i I think the mets could make it but as i'm looking at it right now i think the mets are the worst first place team in any division in mlb just based off of the run differential you know 
they go out there. What what is Jacob Degrom's record right now? I mean, he's got losses. Yeah, but yeah, um, and I, I know I know records aren't important, but when you have your ace out there and he's pitching like a machine, you got to be able to put up two runs to, <laughs> to be able to give him a win. And when the Mets aren't able to do that on a one every fifth day basis, that just that concerns me a little bit. When you have Degrom out there on the mound pitching the way he's been. So I'm, I'm going to have to side with the Padres here. You know, I am a huge fan of Fernando Tatis Jr. As you guys did see last week, I went to bat for him. Um, and I have the Padres winning it. You know, I think, I think Machado finally gets himself a ring. He, and um, yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Padres winning the World Series. By the way, DeGrom is seven and two this year. So, yeah. So still, you know, you know the, the Mets are starting to learn how to hit when he's pitching. I mean, to be fair, DeGrom has had a large share of that run support. He's like the best hitting pitcher in baseball. I think he's hitting like about like 400. I think he still has more RBIs than earn runs allowed, but um, absolutely insanity. But uh, I think that kind of wraps up this, the the World Series segment. Um, Is there anything else we need to touch on before? I kind of, you know, we as me, you, and Matt have kind of talked about the Yankees quite a bit. We haven't had Tommy. I just want to see what Tommy really has to say about their first half performance and if Tommy truly believes an unbiased opinion here if yeah. the Yankees can turn it around in the second half. Well, do I think they can turn it around? Yes, just because of the track record of all these players. But there are a ton of concerns. Personally, at this point, I don't feel like they're going to make the playoffs. I I think that the division is too good, you know, for the way they're playing right now. We'll see what happens at the deadline, everything like that. And, you know, Garrett Cole is an all-star, but he is a big concern for me. Even though he's coming off of his best start as a Yankee, for sure, maybe of his career, which was outstanding against Houston, um, you know, complete game shutout, which was amazing. But, you know, the I hate to say it, but the spider tag thing, that is a concern. The month of June, he really struggled. And, um, you know, it was after all that took place. And I don't know. I still have faith in him. I think he's an outstanding pitcher. But is he going to be at the level um, that he has been this whole time? I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, and, you know, the the bats are concerning. And I haven't been able to watch the team as much. But you see every night they're really struggling. And I was able to watch up until – you know, June until I left and they never really got it going and they still haven't. Um, Araldis Chapman, I I don't even have words. Those are some of the worst losses. The one against the Angels where they had the seven to two lead in the first and lost. That's crazy. And then you think about, you know, I don't think he pitched in the game, but the one against Houston, they blew a seven to re- lead in the ninth. Like, how does that happen? Um, so I am concerned if I had to, you know, pick today, I'd say they don't make the playoffs, but um, I think they have the guys that certainly can do. I mean, this is the 2019 team even better. I mean, you have Garrett Cole now on your staff. So I, it's, it's very troubling to see where they are at this point in the year. Um, But I think they can turn it around, but they have to win. I mean, they really have to win 55, 60 games in the second half. Like, with the way that these other teams are playing and you know teams have done in 09 that's pretty much what they did I think they went 60 something and 20 something to finish and 
Um, could this team do it? Sure, but I'm not sure they will. Uh, one thing I want to point out with Garrett Cole, he had like 130-something pitches in his last yeah. one, right? Um, yep. I don't know if he threw in the All-Star game, but he didn't yeah. throw. Well, it makes sense that, you know, he had 130 pitches. I mean, that that's a lot of pitches. You know, we, we've seen pitchers throw that many pitches for like a no-hitter or something like that, and just the rest of their career has not been the same because they – their arm got really dra- drained out. So I'm curious to see how he performs the rest of the season. You know, we're talking about Gary Cole's complete game shot out against Houston. I just think it's, it's dumb that I didn't win go to the week for that. Performance. You know, what's dumb. I didn't get a single vote. That. Yeah. I, I didn't win. What the heck is that? Lionel Messi won. I guess it's deserving. He finally won a championship or something, but. Hmm. You know what's ridiculous? The, the MVP of the NHL playoffs, someone who didn't even allow two goals a game, a big fat donut. No one. How is that possible? I mean, no offense to Garrett Cole. He, he had one good game, and it was a phenomenal game, his best start of his career. Messi, you know, won his first international cup. He was awesome. But he didn't even play well in the finals. It was more uh, Di Maria and their uh, goalie that saved him. Vasilevsky was by far and away the best player on the Tampa Bay Lightning. You can talk about Kucherov and Brain Point. No, it was Andre Vasilevsky. And the fact that he didn't compete is ludicrous. And we're going to go into Go of the Week right now. We just had a great MLB segment. Tommy, we love having you back, man. So glad uh, that you're back. And we're excited to see your Go of the Week. So let's get right into that next. Welcome back to Go Chat. We are here with our Go of the Week segment. The leaderboard is up right now. Our buddy Matt, who's not with us today, wound up squeaking out a win, five to four to zero. Lionel Messi won his first championship, and it gave Matt yet another Go of the Week win. I I demand a recount because I did just go back and look, and, and Tommy didn't even vote. So I feel like if I got Tommy's vote, this would be a different story. That's true. Well, I would have voted for you if I saw it. I think I voted for you every week. So. That's why I demand a recount. But you know what? It's fine. It's fine. Just give Matt another win. Another win in his book, I guess. You know, he's going to go back and watch this later as he's editing this. And he's going to toot his little horn over there. You know, we know what Matt does. But in new go to the week segment, he's it's literally impossible for him to win this week. So, so we got that going for us. Mike, I'm going to throw it to you first. Who's your go to the week? It is Giannis Antetokounmpo. All right. This guy has been the best player in the NBA Finals so far. Um, I mean, how much more can I say? Game four um, just happened for us, at least, you know, when, when we're recording. But um, game-saving block against DeAndre Aiden, one of the best blocks in Finals history. I mean, and, and his play throughout that whole game was amazing. He dropped 26 points on uber-efficient uh, shooting numbers. Um, 14 rebounds as well, along with eight assists, two blocks and three steals. I mean... Yeah, Chris Middleton dropped for you. But without Giannis, they are nowhere close in that game still because of the impact he has on both sides of the ball. And let's not forget what he did in games two and uh, three where he dropped over 40 in both games, um, shooting over 60% from the field in both games. And he shot 76.5% from the line in game three at home. And, I, you know, who knows? Maybe it was because the, uh, the Bucks fans weren't counting out how long he was taking at the free throw line. But the fact of the matter is that he's not the best free throw shooter, but he's good enough. You know, he's not blowing up a whole series like Ben Simmons is right. And, and he also adds 
um, over 10 rebounds a game and plenty of assists. And once again, let's not forget his defensive impact. He's averaging 32, 14, and 5 for this whole series. And just every single game, he brings his game to another level. And he's brought this uh, Bucks team single-handedly back into the series. And I really do think that they have a title shot now. I think I've seen one too many air balls from that free throw line to call him in a good enough foul shot shooter. He's shooting, he's, he's shooting 60% for the series. That's not horrible. There are players who shoot worse than him. It's not like it's Shaq or Ben Simmons at the free throw line. I don't care if he air balls. If you miss, you miss. If you make, you make. There you go. Tommy, who's your go to the week? I got to go with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, the all-star game MVP hit a monster 468-foot home run. And, you know, given that is in Colorado, right? So the ball carries a lot more there than altitude. But I know it's not go the first half, but he's been amazing the whole way. Um, what he's been able to do there with, uh, with the Blue Jays, I think, has been great. And, uh, yeah, obviously a big game. Another win for the AL. They won 5-2. to two And, um, yeah, Vlad's great, so I had to go with him. And for my go to the week, I'm going to go with Pete Alonzo, the home run derby champion. He belted 75 home runs in the home run derby, including 35 in the first round. He is just the third player in MLB history to, to go back to back in the home run derby. Obviously the 2020, they didn't have one. So we don't, we don't, we don't count that year, but he won in 2019 as a rookie. And then he won on, on Monday with 75 home runs in Coors Field, including numerous home runs over 500 feet. Obviously, you know, Coors Field, the high elevation, very easy to hit a ball that far there, but Pete Alonso absolutely lit up that field. And, you know, I think the funniest, the funniest moment from that home done home run derby on Monday night was he was sitting there in the finals and he was jamming out, bobbing his head and everything. There was a kid down in the outfield who, who just really hurt his knee. I think they said that he might've torn his ACL chasing after a home run ball and Pete Alonso sitting there bobbing his head to the music. And I thought it was hysterical just to see him in, in such a groove. And uh, yeah, Pete Alonso for go to the week. I mean, I, I love Pete, and I'm a little upset that you you snatched him right out of my hands. But uh, I I think I think at Coors Field that they like put like the balls in like some sort of like container to like deaden them a little because obviously they fly a little bit more. But um, usually I think it's like over nine feet they usually carry more. So um, you know Pete he was killing it, and shout out to his pitcher Dave Jouse. I mean he was dealing, he was dealing right down the middle. I feel like uh, that that's a huge part. That's why Joey Gallo couldn't – I mean, he was – Joey Gallo's pitcher was, like, throwing, like, curveballs in the dirt. I was like, what are you doing? But uh, Dave Jowles, he was pretty much just just a, a tee for Pete Alonzo. And big shout out to him, stopping, hyping up the crowd before he uh, defeated Mancini in the finals. But big shout out to Pete. But bigger shout out to Giannis, who's going to win this week. I do also just want to mention, I mean, Trey Mancini – what a story for that guy, you know. I mean, a couple of years ago, we had no idea if we would ever see him again on the baseball field. And then to see him to be able to be there at the All-Star game and then to make it to the finals in the Home Run Derby, a great story there. You know, he's having one heck of a year, and we hope to see it going. And, you know, it's just so good to see a player like that with such a good story be back on the field. 100%. I mean, no, no one expected him to get all the first round, you know, I think he was going up against Matt Olson. Tommy had Matt 
Olsen winning the whole thing. So I did. That was tough. But I'm happy. I was the only one that picked Pete. I, you know. I know that. Well, I didn't think he would go back to back. Like, I thought that he. He murdered everyone. Like, he, it wasn't even close. He dominated. That's insane, though. 75 home runs in one night. Could you imagine? I can't even hit out of the infield. He had 75 home runs in one night. <laughs> so cool. I, I watched a, uh, a mic'd up version this morning. It was Juan Soto versus Shohei Otani, their battle. And Shohei's standing there, and he's gassed. He's like, water, water, water. And he's like, this is only the first round. It, it was, it's insane. It's, it's so then, fun to see those type of events. Even the finals, just, just vibing. <laughs> Yeah. Going, going with the with the New York music, I love it. I love it. I can't. Hopefully, he's on the mess for a very long time. Well, I think that's going to wrap up a very good episode of Goat Chat. As always, Tommy, we appreciate having you here. We loved having you here today. We loved having you squeak us into your schedule. You guys know that uh, he's not going to be here for the next couple of weeks. He's going to keep doing what he's doing in Cape Cod. We're going to try to get him on whenever we can, but. As you guys know, we are going to have our goat picks on our Instagram. We're just going to finalize those and then get those up for you. Uh, Tommy, any words to the viewers before we see you again? Yeah, well, I mean, it was great being back with you guys. I wish Matt was here too, but um, always great getting on here with you guys. And in a few weeks, we're going to be back in Ithaca. And like you said, that 100th episode. And, um, you know, I'll be back here on every episode. So I'm excited for that. But it was awesome to talk some baseball today. As always, guys, it's so good to have Tommy back. It's so good to be here with Mike. We missed Matt today, but we will have Matt back next week. Unfortunately, we won't have Tommy. But until episode number 95 of Go Chat, you guys stay safe, stay healthy, enjoy some good sports out there, and we'll see you next week.